Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for Zionstone United Church of Christ in Northampton, Pennsylvania. My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday sermons. I pray that they'll be a blessing to you, and if you're ever in the area, please stop in and worship with us. We'd love to have you. Thank you for the reading. Good morning. So in the reading we just heard from 1 Corinthians, St. Paul opens up in that chapter with, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters of the gospel, I preach to you, which you received, in which you stand, and which by you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. He's reminding the Corinthian church of the gospel that he preached to them. It means maybe that they've neglected the gospel that he preached to them, or maybe they've forgotten the gospel that he preached to them, or they're not living according to the gospel that he preached to them. Something's wrong. That's why he has, to, he has to correct them. But when we hear this word gospel, there's a lot that can sometimes pop into our minds. So let's think about the word gospel. Gospel can kind of be used nowadays as a metaphor for like, well, that, that's true, or something that, that's especially truthful. And there are many things described as gospels floating around in our world. But I should probably say, rather, there's many things that the word gospel gets affixed to. But some Christians make things what they call gospel issues that really have nothing to do with the gospel. And St. Paul, I think, is correcting that notion a little bit here. So we have to then ask this question, brothers and sisters, what is the gospel? And short answer, right, the crib sheet version, without having to listen to my, my, my whole sermon, is the, the gospel is what we're celebrating this morning, that Jesus Christ has been crucified for our sins, and he has been raised from death into life. The word gospel in Greek is evangelion which means good news. In the ancient world, there are many different competing gospels, just like in our own worlds. In the ancient world, the gospel could be affixed to prosperity and peace if you follow what Rome had to say about how you lived your life. Or it could even be affixed to the good news of the Roman Empire or a particular Caesar conquering a particular region, they would say the good news of this such and such person has come. He's killed a bunch of people. Their armies have rolled over and taken over. But it's good because now we have Roman peace and Roman prosperity. Isn't that great? It's such good news. And against that good news, brothers and sisters, in the ancient world is the good news of Jesus Christ, which stands in stark contrast to the good news that the world has to offer us. The good news of Jesus, way back in the day, right, is displacing the various and rival gospels floating around in their worlds. And this is the actual real good news, not of this other nonsense. And the same is true for us, brothers and sisters, that that gospel that was preached back then, that Christ is risen, is the same gospel that changes our life and our world today. And St. Paul tells us this is what the gospel is. He says in the passage, Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he was raised on the third day. And he tacked something onto that. He said Christ died, was buried, he was raised in accordance with the scriptures. 
These three occurrences, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, these are not the product of a speculative imagination. There's something behind it all, and it's all testified to in the Hebrew Scriptures. He's saying, we're not making this stuff up about Jesus. We didn't just imagine this guy. No, this is the one that the Scriptures have been telling us about. And it's not necessarily, in our day and age, when we talk about Bible stuff and theology and God questions, a lot of us, particularly if you, some people do this online. I used to be one of those people, but God has helped me and I don't do this anymore. But people like to throw out Bible verses. Have you ever, have you ever had that? Have you ever had a fight, like a Bible fight with somebody? Right? Back when you were a little kid, it was okay. In the church, some churches, they call them sword drills. Has anybody brought up in a church like that? Or the Bible is your sword, right? So you got to quote your verse, learn your verses and quote them, and you have like a contest. That's kind of not, that, that's kind of what we bring to the, the, the biblical story when we think about the life of Christ. We try to think of like that one text that explains it all, right? But what St. Paul's saying here, he's not, he's not saying that there's one particular scripture that's going to blow the doors off of this thing. What he's saying is, this is the teaching of all of scripture. This is the teaching of the Old Testament, because he's writing at the time, there's no, there's no New Testament, right? This is Old Testament. He's saying the Hebrew scriptures, what we now call the Old Testament, this is the uniform teaching that this was supposed to happen. And we see this referred to in the Gospels. Jesus will even say, this is going to happen because the scriptures have said so. Or he'll say, do you not know the scriptures? That the teaching of scriptures is pointing to him. So it doesn't mean assemble your best proof text. What it means is scripture is about him and his saving work. And brothers and sisters, this is the way we read and interpret scripture, particularly the troublesome bits in the Old Testament that are very difficult to go through. And so this morning we're, we're celebrating, right, that the testimony of all of scripture is being fulfilled this very morning as we, as we celebrate the resurrection, right? The resurrection is central and this is the focus of Christian proclamation, that Christ is risen, right? It's not that Jesus stayed dead, but his disciples and his followers, they felt like he was alive somehow in their hearts, even though they knew he was dead. That was very popular uh, in certain academic circles, that Christ did not rise bodily from the tomb, that they just thought nice things about him. And when they thought about the good things he taught them, that was enough to keep them going. Those nice things that he told them, was enough to kind of propel them to, to talk about who this guy was before it all got twisted, right? And you'll see all this stuff right now, like on the History Channel, and, and how the original message of Easter was twisted by Jesus' followers, and he didn't really rise from the dead, and he was just kind of alive in their hearts, but then the, the church came around and twisted everything and destroyed it all. No, brothers and sisters, Christ truly has risen from the grave. That's the testimony of all of Scripture and what we proclaim here this morning. And in Paul's passage here in Corinthians, he says, Jesus appeared first to Cephas, or Peter, then to the rest of the disciples, then to 500 people, then to James, and then lastly to the apostle Paul. So he appears to Peter, the rest of the disciples, 500 people, and James, Jesus' brother, and Paul. It's interesting, when you break this list down, Jesus appears to Peter, because what did Peter do in this story? Peter denies him, right, in, in, in the betrayal story. Peter, Judas betrays them, they're taken away, and he says, Peter, you're gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Peter's like, no way, I'll never give you up. I'll never do that. 
I'll never run around and desert you, right? Peter says, no, I will never do that. And Jesus is like, I, I, I got news for you, buddy. You're gonna. And here's how you're gonna know it's gonna happen. And that's what happens. But Jesus appears after his resurrection to Peter to restore him. That Even the one who denied him in front of a massive group of people, Jesus appears to and restores him. And that's what he does for us, brothers and sisters. We deny him in our own way sometimes. Even those of us who profess faith in him, there are times where we deny Christ. But he offers us his love and his forgiveness continually. Then he appears to the rest of his disciples, and we know the story that they all ran away. And he appears to the women in, in the John narrative. He appears to Mary and the, and the women who are going to anoint his body for burial. He appears to them, and he sends them as witnesses, which in the ancient world, the witness of a woman held no, it, it had nothing to it. You couldn't have it, you could have a woman witness in a court of law. That's a terrible thing. That's no longer the case. But his witnesses are also are also women who have no standing at that time in society. He appears to 500 people. Then it says he appears to James, and we know James is Jesus' half-brother, and James, we see in the Gospels, does not believe in Jesus. He says to Jesus, I think at one point in one of the Gospels, if you are who you say you are, go to Jerusalem and prove it. And then lastly, he appears to Paul and the Apostles. So I think we ask this question, why is this important that he appears to all these people? And I think that we can look back in the Old Testament to Deuteronomy 19.15 that says, on the evidence of two witnesses or three shall a charge be established. So because all of this is happening according to the teaching of the Hebrew Scriptures, then the support for the resurrection of Jesus, I think, exceeds the demand for the basis of testimony according to the Hebrew Scriptures. In other words, you want witnesses? Here's a bunch of them. And Paul says when he's writing, by the way, these guys, some of them are still alive. You can, here's their address. You can go uh, write them a letter or go visit them. And so Paul says that that message is preached, right? That gospel message that Christ is risen, the message that is proclaimed. And I think, brothers and sisters, when that message of the gospel is proclaimed, there's two things that we do. The first one is we receive it. We receive it. One of the church fathers, a guy named St. John Chrysostom, he makes a distinction between hearing and receiving. Between hearing and receiving. It's not enough for the sound waves to enter our ears, right? However that works, according to the, the little hairs in your ear that bring the sound into your brain that then process it, processes it as speech or sound or whatever. It's not enough just to hear, brothers and sisters. We have to also receive. And Jesus tells us that beautiful parable in the Gospels about how the sower sows the word. And the word falls on stony ground. The word falls on thorny ground. The word falls and the birds eats it up. But the word falls in some places on good ground. And then that word bears fruit as its roots grow down and it grows and it gets strong. That's what it is to receive the word of God. To hear the word as the book of James tells us, do not be hearers of the word, but also to be doers of the word. We, it is something we receive, not something we merely hear. And then, brothers and sisters, as we receive, the second thing is we stand or we hold fast. And so I say to all of you, brothers and sisters, here at the church this morning, and especially to our confirmants this morning, that church attendance and services are of no use if we don't receive the word of God and stand and hold fast to the word of God. 
If we don't do these things, brothers and sisters, then there's no point in us being here. If the resurrection of Jesus is just a nice story we use to tell little kids to be good, or is a story that we use as a measuring stick to help adults or teenagers be moral people, then there's no point to, to actually being here and listening to me wave my arms around and, and speak about God stuff to you. There's no power in a metaphor. There's no power in a metaphor. We receive, we stand, and we hold fast that word of God, the word of faith, that confession that we speak, right? That's not just something we hear, but the gospel, the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection and his ascension is transformative. Our sins are forgiven. We, read in, we heard in the hymn that death, I said this to the kids, death in vain tried to hold Jesus in the tomb, but it could not. That Christ's resurrection has undone death and, and freed us from the slavery to sin. There's actual, real, life-changing power, brothers and sisters. And it's not just a power for us to be better moral people, which is good, and we should, and we can use the teachings of Jesus to be good and moral people. But that's not the end of it, brothers and sisters. That's just one small part of it. It's not just about being moral and good. It's about becoming someone completely new. That as we receive the word of God, as we receive Christ, as we confess him as Savior and Lord, as we partake of his body and of his blood at his table, that we are being transformed more and more into the image of God. The God that we rebelled against. The God whose image we deface in ourselves through our own sin and through the sin of our ancestors. But Christ, brothers and sisters, did not leave us in that state because he has risen and saved us and freed us. And in John 20, 20 to 21, it says, Jesus showed the disciples his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father sent me, even so I am sending you. And as we gather today, brothers and sisters, here at this church, Christ is in our midst because we are gathered in his name and around his table. And as we partake of his life-giving body and blood today, we are bound together as his people. And as Jesus sent his disciples and apostles out as his witnesses, I remind you, brothers and sisters, that that is your job. It's not just my job to get up here and to tell you stuff. It's actually your job to hear and receive and to do. If we are all believers in Jesus Christ, if we have all confessed him as our Lord, if we have come before his table, then that means that we are not our own. And that task that he gave to his disciples and to his apostles, that's our task. To tell the world that he has risen, that he has forgiven, of, of, forgiven us of our sins, and that believing on him we have life in his name. It's your job and my job, it's all of our job to proclaim that message as we are sent out as his witnesses. So as we proclaim his life-saving gospel, other people can hear it, other people can receive it, and other people can stand and hold fast to that salvation that is offered 
through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, as you leave, not right now, don't go yet, we still got some service left, but as you go today, I pray that these words will echo in your heart a little bit, that you'll start to think about where and how in my own way, to whom is God asking me to proclaim his gospel to? Who are you sending me to, Lord? That's all of our task. And so today, I would also challenge all of you, brothers and sisters, that if there are some of you here today who do not believe in Jesus Christ, that you would hear the word of the Lord and that you would receive that word and that you would place your trust and your hope and your faith and your love in Jesus Christ who offers forgiveness of sins and new life and freedom from death. And so to our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be all glory together with his Father who is from everlasting and is all holy good and life-giving spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. You know, our church has deep roots here in the community and we predate the founding of the United States itself. If you're looking for a church that is biblically faithful and traditionally grounded, come visit us. We may just be the church for you. You can find us online, zionsstoneucc.com. You can find us on Facebook as well, zionsstoneucc. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman. If you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at malandsman at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. May God bless you. Happy visit us.